podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of the people's champ. That is Jeremy Gillen and Texas Tech Volleyball, period. We have witnessed the hottest start to a volleyball season since 2018, I believe. And we have an impressive recap of games that have landed uh, Tech at 2-1 in conference, currently sitting behind Texas as the number two team in the Big 12. That's right. Um, Kinsey is not doing so well this week, so uh, it's that season, folks. As much as it grieves me, and certainly it's going to grieve you guys, I'm going to handle this one solo, so let me take a sip of this hot tea, and we'll jump right into it. Oh, man. Delicious. Uh, So we recorded last before that Houston Inventational, where Texas Tech had two great sweeps against uh, A&M Corpus Christi and Brown before taking on a tough and well-rested Rice team. That full five-set game was literally back and forth as Texas Tech were uh, both victor and victim of early deficits. Uh, and that's your that becomes your first loss on the season. And we've lamented about it plenty off the pod. This team is at the mercy or was at the mercy of their travel schedule for sure. Uh, they were out and about so much. I mean, eventually it's going to catch up with you. It's something that we talked about in the non-con, uh, the midway non-con update of just like, you know, this team has been traveling an audacious amount for any volleyball team in America. And, it, you know, the fact that they were still undefeated is impressive in its own right. So it just um, to fall the way they did against Rice is nothing but admirable, right? You're going toe-to-toe with a really good and somehow unranked Rice uh, volleyball team. And it, it ends up being your first loss of the season. And then speaking of that, uh, the women come back to Lubbock uh, for the Red Raider Classic. So off the road, back at home, where you have good games against SMU, Arizona State, and UTRGV, uh, Rio Grande Valley, which incidentally that gets you coach great that gets Coach Greystone uh, his hundredth win at Texas Tech. So congratulations, Coach. Uh, the big mark against you in that tournament is the Oral Roberts game. You have an extended point situation in the first set where or where oh my gosh where oh where ORU out battles you I should have <laughs> I should have thought this through uh or rather you out battle yourself and seemingly I mean you get back into it by waxing uh tech waxes them in the second set but then the next two sets ORU just cleans house and you end up with your second loss of the season and or Roberts or Roberts is not a good program they're not even on the up and up after their win against us it's not like this oh you know, we're kind of on the, you know, kind of around the seams, like, you know, how are we going to do this? It's no, they're still bad. And so this is just a weird game. This is a weird game that you really had no business losing. And I'm sure that the team felt that because later that day, they go out and literally a double header of sorts, you know, they go out later and uh, whoop up on Arizona State and they sweep them in a pretty uh, contested match. And so, you know, that that kind of wraps up your non-con, you're looking at a 13 and two, uh, 13 and two team, not 13 and two, excuse me, uh, 11 and two team. Uh, and so you're not, you're not upset with that. You know, you, you wish you could have went, uh, a solid 14, 
14-1 or 15-0. Um, that rest game is just really hard. You, you should have got past ORU. But looking at 13-2, um, not bad. Not bad by any margin. Or 11-2. I can't. My math is so bad. Um, but then we move into conference play, right? So you come out of the non-con. Uh, as well as you really could have. This is a team that has been working really hard in the offseason after making the tournament last year, and they showed a lot of reasons um, for hope and an expectation in a team that was picked to finish uh, fifth in the Big 12 this year. So moving into conference play, which is the most exciting portion of volleyball, um, you open up against West Virginia in Morgantown. So you're back on the road. Uh, They have your number. I'll be honest, it was looking pretty bleak early if you had your eyes on that game. The Mountaineers take you to extra points in that first set. It's very similar to Oral Roberts, but unlike ORU, um, Texas Tech it, it takes the, or excuse me, uh, West Virginia takes the second set in a convincing way, and all of a sudden it's 2-0, it's 2-0 Mountaineers. West Virginia is looking as strong as they've looked in weeks, essentially on the season. Again, n- another team that the record is not the greatest, but you, there's a lot of potential with this Mountaineers team. Um, and I feel like we were toast, you know, down 2-0 on the road. It's just like the team didn't really feel like they were driving. Um, the team was fighting hard. I'll put, you know, I'll put it that way. West Virginia really got a lot of lucky breaks, you know, if I'm thinking about it critically. But until they weren't, right? So Texas Tech actually goes out, rallies back um, in the final sets to complete a reverse sweep. We had somebody ask what a reverse sweep was because this vernacular I'm aware of is not completely familiar to everybody that's listening to this because we're not all volleyball fans here. So a reverse sweep is essentially when an opposing team gets the first two sets of your match and you are, you know, you're up against the ropes and you don't let them win another one. So you get the, it's basically getting a sweep on the back end of things, uh, but you can't call it a sweep. So it's a reverse sweep. That makes sense. So uh, you, <laughs> you you get the reverse sweep there, and you go one, you're one and own conference, um, twelve and two or whatever. Fantastic. Um, certainly frustrating. I think if you're a West Virginia volleyball fan, because you had Texas Tech on the ropes there, a team that was looking uh, every bit um, a rankable team at that point, and certainly you know that that hasn't changed, but. Um, you're frustrated as a West Virginia fan. You had him right there. But this this game really illustrated Coach Greystones, Collins, and Wong's ability to adjust and this team's ability to stay resilient. The you know, you have a lot of good um you have a lot of good playmakers on this team, um, between you know, uh, Brooke Canis, KJ Adams, um Kenneth Sauer, um Rowe, Reese Rowe, you know, the the litany, I'm just gonna end up naming them all because they're all fantastic and we have a great rotation. But you know, under the leadership of um, under the leadership of the coaching staff, you you show you show a lot of great resiliency, and that continues, right? So where West Virginia struggled throughout the season, you know, our next game, uh, Kansas State uh, comes into your game, you know, you, you comes into that in Lubbock. Uh, they're coming in ten and five, and you had you, you had an amazing sweep against the Wildcats at home, right? So a name that I mentioned, Kenneth Sauer, really showing out in that game, sixteen kills on 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 the match. Reese Rhodes staying active with 16 digs, again, vernacular, uh, diving down to the floor, stopping a, basically stopping uh, a point from occurring for the other team, and being involved. She was involved with nearly every point of the game. It felt like 30-something points, I think, uh, assists that she had on the day. So <clears throat> that's, that's, it, that, it's exemplary. And you also see, and here's an interesting uh, byline, is that you also see K.J. Adams move into that libero position, which had been Maddie Correa's for all the games prior, and from our understanding that um, 
You know, KJ Adams had that position coming into the season. Matty Correa won it out before the season began, and it's kind of been, you know, hotly contested during the um, during the non-con. And then, of course, Matty Correa gets Defensive Player of the Year. And what you need to know generally about a libero position is that it's it's heavily defensive-minded. Uh, and I think KJ has illustrated that very well in conference play. And it's what ended up winning her the the. Um, libero position in the Kansas State game, and then we see her again um, in that Texas game. So, so that takes us right up into the big whopper of the season, or um, that's a little bit too. No, whoppers Burger King. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna say big water burger of the season. What's the opposite? What is, what is Texas? Texas. I mean, they say that they're in and out, but I mean, they. they I don't know. If you have any friends down in Austin, what is their what is the Austinite go-to for a burger? And it can't be Whataburger, right? That's that's the rest of Texas' thing. It's Corpus Christi. It's like a direct line from Corpus Christi to, to Lubbock. Um, maybe we'll say In-N-Out because at this point, there's more Californians in Austin than there are Estonians. So um, whatever that number one for an In-N-Out is, this is the big In-N-Out of the season. Uh, number one, Texas Longhorns at home. In front of, and this is really impressive, I'm proud of each and every one of you that showed up, or each and one of every one of you has engaged with this. Um, record-setting crowd for volleyball. Over 6,000 fans in the arena, and you have a amazing showing. Uh, Coach Greystone was talking about it. Coach Cullen was talking about it. Coach Wong was talking about it. Uh, the announcers were talking about it. You know, people on Twitter were talking about it. Um, <clears throat> this, is the, this is the most you have filled up your uh, United Supermarkets Arena, which mind you, is an incredibly rowdy and full place when men's basketball is going on. Um, and I understand it's not a one-for-one, one, right? You're looking at a, a a basketball program that is like has championship intentions, but I don't want you to take away for one second these similar intentions that Coach Greystone has impressed upon his volleyball team. You know, this isn't a, this isn't a program that's thinking, well, you know, Picked fifth in the conference. Oh hell yeah, I'll take I'll take that. Let's let's kind of settle in there. Um, no, this is a volleyball program that has Big Twelve aspirations. That wants to get back to the NCAA tournament. That wants to make a splash in the NCAA tournament. And certainly has put together a team and put together a coaching staff uh, built around that intention. So you know you have over six thousand fans show up, uh, six thousand thirty or something like that, right over the cusp record setting um, and you have a really good showing so that first set we'll just kind of break it down super easy here um, the first set doozy uh, <laughs> absolute doozy uh, Texas gets it gets out to a ridiculous 11 and 3 lead and you end up t- they end up taking that first set 25 17 which looked a lot better than the set felt if I'm being honest um, <laughs> uh, there's a reason that Texas is number one and they brought all that juice in that first set for sure. But the second and third sets, they were progressively better. You know, in set two, Texas Tech looked a lot more composed, a lot more ready for the strong attack from Texas, um, which you are a team. Again, Texas Tech, if you got to know something about this volleyball team, it is a team that's identity is firmly grounded in its defensive abilities, its abilities to take away easy points from opposing teams. Um, You've seen it multiple times throughout the season. You know, a team gets a little bit of steam, a little bit of headway, and the Texas Tech defense shuts them down, you know, for some extended period of time to take that momentum out of the game. Like it's, it's becoming semi like a, a graystone trademark here of like, oh my God, your team's getting momentum. Well, let's kind of let's throw a wrench in that. And so, um, you know, you see this adjustment happen here, 
in the second set. And so it doesn't really get out of hand until you're well within the kind of the teens point range and uh, it ends up ending 25-19. I think he was tied 17-17 maybe uh, if that's the second or third set I'm thinking of right now. Um, but you, you're right there. You're neck and neck with the number one team in the nation and they don't pull out till you know, they don't pull out till late there. And the final set, however, was the strongest showing by Tech. Um, after the meetup at you know, six and six, this is a definitely a punch for punch match. <clears throat> the Red Raiders get eight of the next 10 points. And you're thinking, damn, we are about to give Texas one of its only set losses of the season. And so Texas has not made a habit of dropping a set. I think they've only dropped like a couple sets the whole season, right? That's impressive. That's a really good team. It's a reason they're number one, obviously. Shut up, Jeremy. Um, <clears throat> but you, you're thinking, I mean, you, you, eight of the last 10 points is just unheard of. This Texas team kind of looks like they're floundering. The, the crowd is getting really loud. There's a lot of momentum in Tech's favor. Um, but the Longhorns do really well, as the number one team does. Uh, they crawl back. They crawl back into that set. And although we went to extra points, uh, and it really felt, you know, for a moment, hey, we may pull this out. Um, you know, the Longhorns, they have back-to-back kills from Madison Skinner, uh, probably one of the best in, in the nation right now, just to finish it off, to complete the sweep. And, um, I mean, really, you're going against the number one team in the nation, and you had to be perfect in every aspect of the game. And I think, you know, looking back, something that was mentioned on the broadcast and something that if you're just watching, you could you could certainly tell. Um, the thing that kind of bit us in the end was, was just too many service errors. Again, vernacular, service error, you serve the ball and it goes straight into the net or whatever. Uh, you don't uh, complete a, a volley to the other side to let them um, <clears throat> return, you know, return fire of sorts. I'm getting all kinds of, I'm getting all kinds of stuff mixed up here. <laughs> uh, but you have way too many service errors. And I know that, you know, Coach Greystone's aware of that. He said so in the post game. Um, it's going to be a point of emphasis. And this, these are the things that can be cleaned up, right? You have a lot of really good. These are some of the fundamentals that volleyball players learn, you know, way early on middle school camp or whatever is like how to serve, you know, how to serve, how to, how to return, how to serve. And so, you know, this is something that will get cleaned up, you know, the further we get through in the season. Uh, but still like this is, you know, you had a chance early against Texas, um, and you really had to win that set to keep it going. And there's no guarantee you would have won the next set. But you had a chance to, I think, you know, put it away and just service errors, you know, came up. And they came up for both teams. I'll say that much. Texas, number one team in the nation, service errors. So it's it's something that plagues every team. Uh, so it's not really a big deal. But, you know, Greystone, Colin Wong, they're certainly looking at it. They're certainly saying, you know what, we got to clean this up. Because the last thing you want is something silly to keep you from winning a big ranked game, uh, certainly at home, but in general. So that's a really quick blitz through what has been an amazing stretch of games for this volleyball team. Um, you're 13 and three on the season, two and one in conference, and currently number two in the Big 12. Um, and you already played the Big Bad Wolf once, right? So <clears throat> you know if you're going to count both of those as losses, you are doing really well. <laughs> you're ahead of the curve here. Uh, so next, I mean, if we're shifting shifting to the upcoming games, you know, next on the schedule is TCU on Saturday, and then Oklahoma next Wednesday. And we'll actually have we'll actually have a really fun guest on that one to help us kind of preview the game. Tell us a little <clears throat> tell us a little bit about the insides and outs of volleyball as it pertains to Texas Tech, and uh, just I can't I can't be more excited. But you know, T- TCU in a nutshell, really, I mean, this should be an auto win for this team. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Um, not only have they been bad for the better part of the decade, uh, Texas Tech has also had their number while they've been bad. Uh, so uh, Texas Tech's won the past uh, seven out of the past eight games uh, that they've played over the course of what is that you know four years. TCU has trended somewhat in the same direction um, over the course of the past like eight, 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 nine years. Um, while on the other end, uh, your team, your program has excelled tremendously over that same time span. So there's just no reason, you know, in my mind that Tech, Tech drops this one unless the Horned Frogs come out and have a game like they did against Coastal Carolina and Fort Worth. But even still, um, that team hasn't shown a lot of gumption against Power 5 teams all year. So, I mean, take that how you will. Not that it's a bad volleyball team. I would never I would never say that's an easy win. Um, but they also have struggled against Power 5 teams. So, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but th- that is all we have for this week. Uh, I know that Kinsey hated missing this one. But we just want to say, um, I'm sure I can speak for her on this, uh, how exciting it is for us to see the fan base really start to embrace this team. You know, we know that volleyball feels like a peripheral sport, uh, and damn it, uh, it sure doesn't get the attention it deserves um, from media, from fans, from that weird in-between of, like, fans who are also, you know, quote-unquote media or, or not or whatever they are. Um, but Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, all that, so we really implore you, God, allergies are getting to me. Uh, I just, we really implore you to keep tuning into these games Keep engaging with volleyball content on social media because the last thing you want is for Texas Tech to have a historic season uh, again, and then you got to read about it in the newspaper like an idiot. <laughs> so definitely hop on the wagon. Uh, this team works super hard. We've had a joy of talking to athletes and coaches alike, a part of this volleyball program. And, <clears throat> you know, the noise, um, the noise from fans is important. The things that you say, the attention that you put on their sport, like these are people that their day job is making this ship run and run smoothly. And, you know, your it is your privilege in a way uh, to be able to support them while they're doing that. And it's all the same double T, right? We need to put that on a mug. Uh, it's all the same double T. I don't care if it's men's, women's. I don't care if it's golf, it's football. Like we're all wearing the same double T and uh, we're just really excited to see a lot more support around this volleyball team. And as they continue to dominate the Big 12, just hope you can stick around and uh, we'll continue to cover it. Uh, but for now, this is the People's Champ, Jeremy Gillen, and you have been listening to the best damn podcast in the land. That is the official podcast of Red Raider Sports and part of the 1012 Network. That is Tortillas and Takes. Stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.